There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't need no wine and dine, I want something high class. Like spending my nights at home, romance in the podcast. Take a deeper dive into these movies that are trash. trash. Me once in a bookstore, and then we'll smash. Roll call. the pod you had us at hello i'm Paige wesley and i'm mikey randolph and i'm todd schlosser and this week i made you guys watch over, over her, her dead, dead body. body yeah all right so this is the first time i think we had all seen this so what did you guys think oof magoof <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the worst movies i've ever seen wow really <laughs> because real real talk first of all everyone in this movie's a size two and they still fat shame everyone yes yeah. including animals oh yeah why they gotta do that puppy like that she is not she wasn't even that big that puppy's a normal size yeah no that dog was overweight you guys i mean that dog may have been overweight but it was like 85 pounds if you take your dog to the vet and it looks that size they're gonna say your dog needs to lose some weight hey that dog could just love itself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that dog licks itself all the time. <laughs> anyway, dog aside, there's a lot of fat shaming yes. in this movie for people with no fat on them. And the fat shaming is weird because, like, I'm into hips. Yeah, I know. Every dude I have ever met or been with is into hips. I mean, okay, that's a biased sample size. But, like, yeah, that's consistent with what I have experienced. Well, yeah. But also, this movie sets up a problem and then spends an hour in the middle of the movie just doing the same joke different ways Yep. without any characters growing or learning anything and then wraps everything up in the last 10 minutes. Paige, but then even at the very end when you're like, oh, Eva Longoria Parker, like her character learned something and like she wants him to be happy and then she goes back to heaven and is still a bitch. I was like, yeah. oh, so she literally didn't learn anything. She learned nothing. Yeah. <laughs> also, okay, okay, here's my big problem with this movie is I don't believe in my heart of hearts that Paul Rudd's character would be in love with Eva Longoria's character. Me either, because she's so mean to everybody. The entire movie. Yes. She's meaner than the girl in Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> like, yes. yes. The only part of this movie that would make sense is like if Paul Rudd's sister was like, I'm secretly glad she's dead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I paid that drunk to back up into her. <laughs> he everyone is glad that she's dead and she has to hear it as a ghost. And then has has to write has to write the wrongs that she did in everyone's life, not just his. And I'd he's like the that. last one. That is not a rom com, but I'm here for it. Well, no, I mean, getting him and Ashley together, yeah, is the last one. Yeah. Also, okay, okay, that's a great idea, and I can't wait to the scene to get here. I need to talk about it now. She literally just watches that girl masturbate. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like sticks around for a whole year afterwards. I think she watched them do everything. <laughs> Oh, I honestly didn't see a man. problem with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do like when she when she admits it and she's like, not that there's anything wrong with that. I did like that too. But then turns around and is like, fat shaming. I was like, on this size two woman, how dare you? <laughs> like, yeah. how dare you fat shame anyone? But also, how aggressively, like, it was so frequent and persistent in this movie that I was like, I feel bad. <laughs> like, this is not good. Paige, not to leave anybody else out, I think Jason Biggs' character is one of the most offensive characters I've oh! seen oh in film God. in quite a while. He faked it for five years, guys. <laughs> Halfway through watching this movie, I'm making notes, and I'm like, this is, it's offensive how little characterization they have given the one homosexual character in this film. Yes! We don't see him have any feelings you know or or opinions or likes and dislikes he's just clumsy and there to watch her try on outfits this is really offensive and also played by a straight man and i'm like this is bad writing and then he turns around yeah. and he's like i'm not even gay i it's was pretending yes it's a double offense it's not well and and this is just i come from the food and cookware industry. That's sure. where I worked before podcasts. Yeah, tell me more. And so my first thought was like, a gay man who can't cook? Bullshit. And I know there are some. I'm sure they exist. I've yet to meet one. I've yet to meet an employed caterer that can't cook. <laughs> that too. I was like, gay aside, why does he have this job? And like... Yeah, I, I was just... Well, like, I mean, even Lake Bell can't cook. Why do either of them have this job? I know. Well, because being a psychic don't pay bills, apparently. I have notes on, on both of those things. I knew you I would. I love Paul Rudd. Same. And almost everything he does. And he's charming as fuck in this movie. He really yeah. is. And I still didn't like him in this. <laughs> I mean, he, he's... I would say he's... For me, my favorite person to watch in this film. Yeah, yes. And that's a low bar. Yeah. Well, I mean, he Paul Rudd's all of his lines, tries to be charming, but like I found myself not laughing. Like I can I can watch Paul Rudd just like read the phone book and I'll laugh. Yeah. And in this movie, I'm just like, this movie's so bad that he he knows it's bad. Like he, yeah. you can see in his eyes that he's like, These are lines that I'm saying to you, but I hate them. Yeah. And I mean, occasionally he had a couple spots where I was like, okay, that's pretty funny. But it seemed like it was like Paul Rudd improv, where it's like, this wasn't written here. This was Paul Rudd riffing off the lines that were there. Yeah. Like, definitely the part where she's, where he's like, am I a client or I'm your boyfriend? Like, that whole part, that felt very Paul Rudd. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then when she kisses him, he's like, oh, I'm just a client. See, I think that, that was improv. Was yeah, yeah that was the funniest I part. I think of the that was improv. I mean, yeah. there was probably so much Rudd improv that he could have asked for a writing credit and got it. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Can I just say this really quick? Because I don't think she was great in this movie, but I fully love Lake Bell like a lot. Yeah. She was in How to Make It in America. She's been in a bunch of other great stuff. 
And she's a great voice actress too. In fact, she did a movie about voice acting called In a World that's also really great. But I like, love In a World. I don't think she's great in this movie, but I love her. I don't think they gave her anything me, to do. Me and that's, either. That's the thing, because I've liked her in a lot of other stuff, yes. and there's just nothing for her to do here. Except for exist, be skinny, then be fat shamed, and like be opposite Paul Rudd. Well, and I think this movie was really, especially because this was made in like 2008. Yeah. I think this was supposed to be like an Eva Longoria V. Oh, definitely. She was top billed and had like half the screen time as everyone else. I said that when I watched. I was like, "Whatever happened to Eva Longoria?" Well, I mean, I would hope that she murdered whoever her hairstylist was on this film (laughs) and has been sitting in prison ever since. But I mean, I feel like they didn't give her anything to do because again, it's the same joke fifteen times. Yeah, and she's not great at comedy like Eva Longoria is great as the straight woman in a soap opera a hundred percent she's not a comedic actress so she doesn't pull off a lot of the comedy in this movie well no and you need to if you're gonna play angry for comedy you need to be able to do that specific thing and she can't so she just comes off as very very mean very mean yeah she's just mean and there's yes you don't like her at all and in order for this movie to work you kind of have to like her and feel for her and you don't you just you're rooting for Lake Bell to get rid of her for this whole movie yeah and that's a problem and it's it really could have used more of like a Kristen Bell oh shit Kristen Bell would be great even at this time she would have knocked it out of the park yeah you know somebody who is cute and funny like i i think they really tried to paint eva longoria as this kind of like prim proper hot bridezilla which doesn't really fit with paul rudd's character at all but it also just makes her inaccessible and unlikable yeah and i think the second that you put somebody a little more a little more relatable and a little more likable with a better handle on the comedy aspect of this movie then it becomes a little bit deeper because you do feel for her yeah but as is no i couldn't wait for eva longoria to be off the screen i was about to say i couldn't wait for her to die but she was already dead right (laughs) they they did her wrong in the makeup department in this movie so and the writing and the acting i mean all (laughs) and the directing all all of it's bad Pretty much all the departments failed her in this movie, yes. <laughs> uh, maybe we should just get into this movie, though, so we can talk about it scene by scene. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, so we open on credits over horribly lit photoshopped <laughs> photos of Eva Longoria. I could not get over how bad every single one of these pictures of her were, to the point where I was pausing it, and I'm like, not only can I tell that they photoshopped these, they didn't even bother to try and touch them up. It looks abysmal. You can like see the seam where the Photoshop is being done. You're yes! like, this is terrible. Did you hand stitch these together? <laughs> <laughs> Not since Remember Me have I been watching a movie and been excited to record an episode about it, though. <laughs> So we close up on their wedding invitation and then we finish out the credits as they're like prepping for the wedding. So like somebody is setting a table, they're setting up the flowers, but all of this is done over a remix of Masquenada by Sergio Mendez. And it sounds like it's the Black Eyed Peas remixing it. And the mid-century lover inside me was so angry that I like couldn't get over it. 
I was just like, how dare you? It's a, it's a real bad cover. And we meet Eva Longoria's character, Kate, and she's kind of a bridezilla. Kind of. I thought she was the wedding planner. I thought yeah. so, too. She is overbearing, I would yeah. say, where she she's doing the job of wedding planner or a, at least a wedding coordinator. And it made me wonder. I was like, is she such a control freak that she couldn't let anyone else do this? Does she do this for a living? Because we never find out what she does for a living. Why is she so meticulous about this? Yeah. You know, and, and here's the thing. Some brides do. I did not. I was like, that's why there's a coordinator here. Yeah, that's their job. Yeah, I'm going to sit back here and eat barbecue tri-tip sandwiches in my wedding dress and just hope everything works out. <laughs> I mean, the one thing that's going to happen on your wedding day is you're going to get married. Yeah. And that's like the only thing that really matters. The rest is just fringe. A hundred percent. So like, yes. enjoy it. I had a great wedding. Loved it. Honestly, it was one of my favorite weddings that I've ever not been invited to, Paige. <laughs> Um, but one of the things that I kept telling myself and uh, other people when stuff wouldn't work out, uh, it's one day in what you hope is a lifetime of days. Yeah. Yes, it's the day that it becomes official in the eyes of the law, but your goal is to be married to this person for a long time. And in the grand scheme of things, percentage-wise, this is such a small amount of that time. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm laughing because I'm watching Mikey learn about <laughs> overhead lighting. Because he's trying to find out why there's a lens flare, and it's because you're being lit from above and behind you. This is why ring lights exist. It only, and it's because the light that's above you and behind you is there's more lumens coming out of them than the light from your window in front of you. It's not. So that's why I turn this light off, use a ring light, and two softbox lights to light up the room around me. It's never been like this. I was really confused. I know because we normally record during the day. Sorry. I just, I was like watching Mikey learn that. <laughs> I'm laughing a lot because I'm super embarrassed. I was, I was like, oh, if I block. Oh. I know. He was like yeah. blocking out the light. It was so cute. I was like, oh, Mikey's learning about video production. Well, it was like the time that I had to turn the light on behind my camera and forgot I was wearing a ridiculous V-neck leopard print thing and literally day. like boobed the camera. It's a good mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. It's one of my best episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why when people are like, why don't you guys put these things on video? And I'm like, because children might watch it on accident. Yeah. <laughs> and Paige is on the record as not always wearing pants while we record. I'm pretty sure that True. made the episode. Yeah. And Todd's on the record of always wearing three pairs of pants while we record. You'd be proud of me right now. I'm only wearing shorts, house shoes, and a t-shirt. I am wearing pants. <laughs> but only in the British sense, so it's still just underwear. Wink, wink, <laughs> wink. <laughs> All right, let's move Any. on. Now that Mikey has learned a lesson about lighting, let's move on. <laughs> if you guys were wondering what I'm wearing, I'm going Winnie the Pooh. And I've got nothing on under this T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> He's going the full Winnie the Pooh with nothing to do. We call it the soft 10. <laughs> That's my line, Paige. I call Mikey the soft 10. Although I'd love for that to catch on. So guys out there, if you want to call Mikey a soft 10 up in his mentions, please do. Or if you're a lady and you have a honey. Oh, I meant guys in the royal we sense. Like everybody, oh, oh, okay. everyone. Yeah. Although you are a big hit in the bear community from what I understand, so. It's very flattering. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you want to at Mikey your thirst tweets, 
We will do <laughs> we will do a video of Mikey reading thirst tweets. I'm not oh even my joking. God. Absolutely. Yeah. Make this happen for me. I want <laughs> Wait, I don't want Mikey to see them before we do the video. So send them to me in my yeah. DMs so I can keep them from him cuz he will definitely see him if you uh, add him. So send them to I'd just still me. Laugh. I'd still not be I can't wait. I I want this to happen. I do too. I'll put it up I on Patreon wait. or oh shit. I guess we don't have a Patreon for this. Uh well we'll just no, we'll do is, it. We'll do it. We'll yeah, do we'll it. Do It'll it. be fun. Anyway, Eva Longoria is not endearing herself to us in this scene. No, no. I hate her and I was like, man, I hope this girl dies. <laughs> <laughs> she she's up in everybody's shit. Yeah. She's overly critical. And she seems to be so obsessed with everyone else doing things her way that she's not even having a good time that day. So as she's kind of running everyone through her steps of what should happen that day, Stephen Root shows up, cameo of the century, with an ice sculpture, which just looks like a lady. It's an angel, but it doesn't have wings. And she's like, angels always have wings. And I'm here to tell you that biblically, yeah, technically they usually do, but they also have like, fuck tons of eyes so <laughs> it depends on the kind of angel i mean that's true uh there are like a bunch of different kinds of angels if you wanted to get into like the biblical super or technical not even like um, necessarily biblical but like gnostic belief and like all yeah, this yeah, other yeah. like nag hamani scroll belief like it's this whole thing let's not even get into it yeah but i mean one commonality fuck tons of eyes yes like so many eyes yeah and this one only had two, and she didn't have wings. So, like, it was just a lady sculpture. She needed a Red Bull. <laughs> She'd give her a Red Bull. This is a crazy question, and it's just occurring to me right now. But why don't people who make ice sculptures just, like, have, like, a big freezer and put in, like, molds, like, fill water molds full of, like, water and then freeze it and then pull it out and say, hey, I sculpted this. Oh, I, I believe I have an answer for you. Okay. I believe that for the shapes that they do super often, they probably do. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to, right? Yeah. But the larger a mold like that gets, the harder it is to unmold. So that kind of makes it a little bit difficult. And if somebody needs like a custom shape with special, you know, elements to it, it wouldn't be cost effective to make a mold every time somebody needed something custom. Huh. Okay. Which is probably why the custom ones cost a lot more money. Uh, but I mean, I think you're right. Though. I think you could do like five molds and probably make a good bit of money. Right? You would just need a freezer big enough. Like the yeah. le- <laughs> And if you have a freezer that big, you're definitely on an FBI watch list. <laughs> or you're in Applebee's. <laughs> like a walk-in freezer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking things like a heart, a swan. Yeah. They probably can freeze this ahead of time. But if you want a true sculpture, that has to be custom. And that's why they're fucking expensive. I also, I've seen it done a couple times. They usually carve them on site. I've seen people carve them on site too. It's actually really cool to watch. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, obviously it's melting. So you got to sculpt pretty quickly. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, sorry for that sidetrack. Oh, my God. I just thought about another sidetrack. Yeah. No, no. It's about the movie. It's like when they're talking about their story when they met, she's still really kind of a bad person doing that story. She's never not a bad person. Yeah. Even in their like diary that he gets all teared up about. I'm like, you were not treated well, Paul Rudd. Yeah. He dodged a bullet when she missed dodging that angel. (laughs) (laughs) Would you guys be cool with like your dead exes watching you masturbate? I don't know 
know that I have any dead exes, but sure. I'm kind of here for it. <laughs> Mikey is single and wants you to watch. Well, it wouldn't be my ex watching me masturbate. It'd be my ex watching Jake masturbate. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Mikey, no. (laughs) I don't think Jake would be okay with that. It's also weird that she'd want to, like, stick around for that. Yeah. So, like, if I died and Natalie was dating somebody else and I was haunting her current boyfriend, if they just started jerking it, I wouldn't be like, yeah, let's see how this works itself out. <laughs> uh, what, have you not seen that really popular uh, horror movie, The Cumturing? <laughs> Wattrick Pilsen is definitely in that one. <laughs> Wattrick Pilsen. Yeah, Wattrick Yeah. Holy shit. Anyway. Like, it's just weird. That she watched her to completion. (laughs) So she argues with him. She sends the ice sculpture back. Then she walks back off to badger the waitress again. And he starts backing his truck out of the wedding and is going to run over her flowers. And so she- Her gardenias. My gardenias, which (laughs) it made me wonder if this was originally written for J-Lo because that's notoriously one of her like favorite flowers and scents. That she has on her insane writer for when she performs places. Really? I, I will say this. I bet Jayla would have actually been able to do some of the comedy in this movie. Maybe. I, I think she would have been more likable at the very least. Yeah, I think she's a pretty likable character or person. I do think that so much of this character is written unlikable. Yeah. And they don't really give her a point to actually learn her lesson. Yeah. She just has this kind of revelation in the grocery store, like, oh, he's not happy. I guess I'll do something to make him happy. And it's like, that's the first time her character's ever done anything to make anyone else happy. You know? Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. When she got killed, it made me happy. Yeah. Well, let, let me get to it. We still haven't gotten to her dying. Oh, she runs behind the truck to stop him from backing over the gardenias. And the ice sculpture falls and murders her. Yeah, I'm not going to blame the victim here, but she had very (laughs) slow reflexes. Right. Yeah, because here's the thing. It's not a huge, I mean, it's a tall ice sculpture, but it's narrow. And all she really had to do as it was slowly tipping towards her is just roll to the other side. Or literally take a step to the left or to the right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Had yeah. she been mid-line dance, she would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I just thought about, too? Steven Root, who plays that that ice sculptor guy, he's great, and he's great in this. Yeah. He's great in everything. They must not have charged him with a crime because he dies later yeah. from a drunk driving accident. Yep. So he murders someone with an ice sculpture, and the cops are like, I didn't like her anyway. Murder strong. That's a strong word. Accidentally killed. If he was drunk, it would he would have been charged. If he was not drunk, it could have just been an accidental death. Right. I will say I kind of have a problem with how they treat Steven Root's character as well, because he is responsible for her death. Then we see him as a ghost, so we find out that he's dead, and then we don't see him ever again for an hour of this movie until she is figuring out what her job is an hour later, and he just shows up and is like, my work is done here, bye. They give him no arc. We have no information about him or anything about what he's doing. Yeah, It's almost like they're sitting there like, 
we needed a way to further the plot. Let's just put this character back here. Like, yeah. they yeah. didn't think it through at all. Because he only shows up here to deliver the statue and kill her. Yeah. And then, like, about 15 minutes later, yeah. he's, like, one of the people who can see her. In fact, she thinks he's a psychic at one point. And then he sort of explains what's going on. And then, at the very end, he's got yeah. three scenes and he's dynamiting all of them. Well, and here's what's so frustrating to me because they use it as a device, but it's this very next scene where she gets to heaven and she just keeps interrupting this angel who doesn't have wings, by the way, uh, who's trying (laughs) to give her directions about what she needs to do. And instead of telling her what she needs to do, she just badgers her and the angel's finally like, fuck it, and just leaves, which basically means that she's just on earth and has no idea what to do. And even Stephen Root's character doesn't really tell her And so it's almost this, it's like the night before Christmas where he's like, I don't know what my quest is, except that everyone can see him and he's way more likable and he's not just watching people masturbate from the grave. (laughs) Well, we don't know that. I mean, he definitely seems like the type. The (laughs) night before Christmas would not watch someone masturbate. Absolutely not. He's a knight and he has honor. How dare you, Todd? God. I don't know, man. He's making bread ornaments. Like, I don't know that you guys know that. He got them a puppy. (laughs) Yeah, Todd, Todd. Okay, also, who would die, go to heaven, and then give attitude to people in the afterlife? Twice. She does it twice. It bookends this movie. Circle would never do that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, like, how pretentious. Like, I I get, like, thinking it's a hospital and being, being uppity to a nurse. I get it. I've been there. But once you realize that it's not a hospital, because she's like, hey, idiot, there's no walls. Which I thought was a great line. It was a great line that she just immediately stomps over and doesn't give it time to breathe. I'd have been like, tell me everything. I'm dead, huh? (laughs) So there's no walls in heaven, huh? Where do I masturbate then? (laughs) So she's giving shit to this angel. The angel disappears without giving her any information other than that there aren't walls here, which like, duh, Duh. she has eyes. (laughs) But no wings. Nope. Uh, And we cut down to Earth where Lake Bell, a.k.a. Ashley, is giving someone a psychic reading and she's like, he left the money on your boat. We didn't have a boat. Are you sure you didn't have a boat? (laughs) How about a boot? Let me see if something else comes in. She's just not good. And the smoke alarm goes off. And I my favorite was that the, the woman getting the reading is like, is that a message from beyond? <laughs> and she's like, no, that's the smoke alarm. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? And she runs into the kitchen where Jason Biggs is failing at cooking. But this is, so there's not a lot of fun facts except for in this scene, and you see it in a couple other places, whoever set dressed this kitchen did it in vintage Fiesta wear, in which I happen to have a very large collection of vintage Fiesta wear. So I was able to identify a number of pieces in her cabinet and what they would cost. What I think happened and I'll talk about it a little bit later. I think they just went to a thrift store and bought like a box from somebody's house, like an estate sale. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then just put it in the cabinets. <laughs> but I'll go over okay, what they cool. have later. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Anyway, so then they're kind of talking about the things that he's cooking and working on. One, they're making osobuco. I don't know where they're making osobuco in this kitchen. At no place is there any like thing that would house osobuco while cooking. In this, They have a slow cooker, but I'm like, that's not really, I mean, even if you are a caterer, that's not going to make enough of it. And I was just like, what is this? Then they're making a crab dip, which I was like, 
in one bowl. I was like, who are they catering for? My dinner? Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> I had my dinner catered tonight. Uber Eats was wonderful. Well, and, and I was like, I was like, crab dip and osobuco. Like, I guess maybe you would serve those together, but I not normally. And then as they're kind of going through, we find out that he cut himself and he's got blood in the tomato sauce. And I'm like, I think they're referring to the sauce with the osobuco, which is not necessarily just a straight up tomato sauce. It's like its own thing. It's it's a gremolata. Like that's different. Is it red? Kind of. It yeah. Is so now. That- but it's more of like a wine based sauce. And so, but sure, let's say it's tomato I sauce. I don't even know whatever. what Osobuco is. And we've been talking about yeah, it for I five have minutes. No, I, have, <laughs> I have nothing to contribute to this conversation. Uh, Todd, I've heard of Uber Eats. Yeah, it's wonderful. Osobuco is delicious if you're a meat eater. But then he's also stirring a Bernays sauce. And I was like, why did it? What's the Bernays for? Like, what? None of these foods go together what's happening that's unbelievable <laughs> humor i know <laughs> <laughs> if i knew food i think i'd be laughing a lot i do love that we've been talking about food for five minutes and i have no idea what any of these things <laughs> are she's like a brise sauce and i'm like i don't know it looked like a pot I want to be clear that I'm not making fun of Paige I'm making fun of Mikey and me I think Paige knowing this is awesome I think all of the humor of this scene Was completely lost On the two men on the podcast Which probably says something about our society Here's here's what I think I think The person who wrote this movie Doesn't cook and doesn't really Understand how catering works and so they just picked names of foods that sounded fancy and put them in. You could just say it was written by a man. That's fine. You could just say that. <laughs> I know I know many very good male caterers, so that's no excuse. Paige, they might not, they don't know about cooking, but if it's, if we're gonna take that as like the standard, they also don't know about like human relationships. <laughs> oh no, yeah, or like, like being a male. Being female, being dead. Don't get me wrong. I just feel like the version of catering in this movie is some sort of make believe. <laughs> like it's not I real. Mean, it's a movie. It's a movie. <laughs> Anyways, so as they kind of finish up in the kitchen, she escorts her previous customer who was having the reading out. And as she walks her out the door, Chloe is standing there. And Chloe is Paul Rudd's sister. Yeah. And Chloe and Ashley, it turns out, have mutual friends. Like, they know a couple people from different circles. And so Chloe introduces Henry, Paul Rudd, and is like, hey, his fiance died at their wedding. Oh, no. Can you help him? And, you know, see if you can get a message from her or whatever. So she does, at first, just kind of sit down with him to try and give it a shot. And they don't really get to anything. They get interrupted by uh, Jason Biggs burning the shit out of himself in the kitchen. Multiple times. Like, takes a hot, huge pot off the stove puts it down, then lights his arm on fire and puts it out in that boiling pan. Yeah, Tom, that's not even how you make Ocho Bucho. <laughs> Ocho <It's not>. Bucho? <laughs> I think you're thinking of a football player. I honestly don't know. Oh, that's <laughs> Ocho Cinco. That's Sorry. Ocho Cinco. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Has he even heard of a Chateaubriand? <laughs> Crabbed him. What? It's Chateaubriand, and that would be if she was making Wellington, which she is not. 
Paige, I honestly, your culinary knowledge is very impressive. I think it's funny because I had a burrito tonight that was delivered by Uber Eats. I'm drinking wine I, for hey, dinner. I have that sometimes too. Like Uber Eats, I mean, I'm not going to say they're great because it's Uber, but they bring food sometimes and I like food that I don't have to make sometimes. Yeah. Here's my question in this scene. Yeah. Of all the foods they listed out, previously none of them require what appears to be at least a 16 if not a 24 quart stainless steel stock pot filled to the brim which by the way i i own a stock pot that large it takes an hour plus to boil well yeah it's like a bathtub it's huge yes so where was it like it just appeared out of nowhere i do think that he was actually boiling the crabs for the crab dip so okay that's what i that's the only thing i could think of except that the crab dip was already done in the scene before and so i was like are they also doing lobster or something because that's another that's why i have that pot or whatever um, but then I was like, okay, I think they just don't know anything about anything they're making. And they just had to set up this gag because what happens is the power goes out for a second, which for some reason, I don't know why the electricity going out shuts off the gas on the stove. It's an electric stove. I except that he lights. Yeah, it. it's definitely a gas stove. Yeah, it's definitely a gas yeah, stove. That checks out. Anyway, he lights <laughs> the gas stove. <laughs> Paige, for each cooking scene from here on out, you get 20 critiques. That's it. <laughs> okay there aren't that many after this uh, because they clearly didn't know but so he lights the gas stove it kind of explodes so he's got like fire on his arm and then he dunks it into boiling water which by the way would only make it worse yes it would put the fire out but he would scald his skin so badly that like he would have been better off just dropping and rolling and also, he would have ended up in probably the hospital. Definitely would have. I mean, boiling water just dripping on you is bad enough. Submerging your forearm in water is going to, like, leave you scarred for life. In boiling water. Yeah. yeah like, that. that's like he would have pulled it out and had, like, sheets of skin falling off yeah. and stuff. Like, so she kind of comes back out to Paul Rudd and is like, sorry, it's chaos back there. Let me escort you out. And he's like, what do I owe you? And she's like, oh, nothing, because she found out he's a vet. And she's like, if someone's pet dies on the operating table, you don't charge them. Except, I don't know if you guys have had a pet die. They fully do charge they you. They do. They fully charge you for that shit. They charge you to put your dogs down. I was sad. Not only, so when, when my cat passed away this past summer uh they charged us for the treatment they were doing prior to him passing away he passed away in in progress of that treatment and then charged us to put him down <laughs> so it's like you end up paying for the treatment that they did on a pet that is no longer living and then also for handling the remains when schnooka needed back surgery like she, she like i would have let my dog die it's yeah she went what paralyzed you, what you did for that dog surgery i would not have done and it was like $10,000, and they were like, you have to pay that before we do the surgery. Yeah. And we were like, yeah. okay, cool, 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 cool. And we were like, will she live through it? And he was like, there's probably a 50-50 chance she'll live through it. Will she ever walk again? There's like a 5% chance she'll walk again. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Cool, I guess I'm just paying what was at that point my deposit for my house. <laughs> yeah. Well, we 
we we didn't have to pay till after, but I can't tell you how rough it is to be like, oh my God, my pet died. This is so horrifying. Yeah. And you're like crying and sad and they're just like, here's a bill. Uh, do you want us to charge the card on file? And you're just like, fuck it. Yes, yeah, I, I guess. guess. I, I hate you, but sure. I mean, we got really lucky because Schnooka lived through it and she's a little wobbly now, but she can still walk. So like we, we had like best case scenario out of that, but like right. still you had to pay a 10 grand up front. Yes. It was a rough day. I just thought it was a, a real weird example for her to be like, yeah, you don't charge people when their pets die. And I was like, they definitely, they definitely do. do. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Every vet ever. And also they have their bills to pay and they're providing a good yeah. and or oh, service. So they probably should. It takes a lot of money to kill your animals. <laughs> as much as I don't like it. Yes, it is a service. Yeah. I can't do it. So yes, you definitely should still have to pay for it. But I just thought that was a very weird thing for her to say. So we cut back to his apartment and his sister has broken into his apartment, which she does multiple times. She is. I think she just has a key. Well, no, she steals stuff the whole movie. Whether she has a key or not, Mikey, she still is a kleptomaniac. Oh, yeah. She steals shit from his office. He says she has a key for emergencies, I think. I mean, sure. Still a klepto. Still, still a klepto. Uh, and he's like, no, I tried. Just nothing happened. And she's like, OK, fine. I'm never going to help you again. And he's like, promise, because. Clearly, they're setting up that she's like nosy, but they take nosy way too far. They take nosy into kleptomania. <laughs> it's a little. She steals everything that's not tied down in this movie. It's nuts. I know. Tongue depressors, like morphine for dogs or whatever, and Jason yes. Biggs' heart at the end. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> the end is so stupid. I can't. Right, I know, Mike. Let's... I know. I know. Go on. Sorry, Paige. Go on. Yeah. Uh, we cut to Lake Bell and Jason Biggs talking about her dating life. And. This is where she establishes that he's her gay best friend who's also her assistant. Because, by the way, they introduce him in that other scene and don't give us any context for who he yeah. is or why he's destroying her whole kitchen. Right. It's weird. We cut to the vet where we first meet Beatrice the fat dog that everyone is going to be a dick to. Do you know who Beatrice's mom is? Yeah. Well, I didn't know if she was the mom or just a nurse walking Beatrice. In. I think she was the owner. So I, yeah, that's I why okay. I said mom. But it's the lady from Reno 911. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love her and, in that and show. And also, uh, she's in Bridesmaids, too. Yeah, she's great. I love her. I was hoping we'd see more of her in this movie, but we only we nope. only really get that one scene. I did laugh a lot with them trying to pick this dog up. I felt bad for the dog, man. I was like, oh, yes. God, leave that dog alone, man. I felt bad for the dog actor, even though it is a very funny visual. Yeah. Um, where they're just, they can't lift the dog onto the tables. They keep dropping the dog. It's this whole thing. And I guess it's just because it's ridiculous. And I'm like, is that a real dog? And it definitely is a real dog. And I'm like, I have not seen. It's definitely a real dog that they body slam at least twice. <laughs> I have not seen a dog treated like this on film in forever. It's like the most patient dog on the face of the planet. Because <laughs> it's just like straight legs out, letting them carry it. Yeah, it's like dead waiting. Yeah. Yeah. But as we're watching this going on in the background, he's having a conversation with his sister, who again has tried to steal animal tranquilizers and tongue depressors. Yeah. And she's trying to get him to date other people. And he's like, no. But then she says, what if she was a busty 18 year old masseuse who loves blowjobs? And he's like, well, then maybe we could do lunch. And I was like, oof, oof, because he is mid 30s established in the film. He's definitely mid 30s. And. That's gross. That's he too young. He just said lunch, though. 
Leave it up to Mikey to defend this sort of behavior. Yeah, no, if it's day sex, it's fine. Yeah, oh, talking about some day sex. It doesn't mean as much. Sky rockets in flight. <laughs> Afternoon I think they should have gone 25. That's what I'm I mean, I will they say that. They definitely should have done 25, yeah. Because if he's mid-30s, he could be 33. 25 to 33 is not awful. It's not great, not awful. Also, how do you become a licensed masseuse at 18? It doesn't even make sense. Uh, it does not take that long to become a licensed masseuse. <laughs> Spoiler. Do you guys want to sign up for my massage license? Absolutely course? not. Now, here's my question. I don't know if you can legally massage people under the age of 18. I would definitely steer clear of that. Hey, let me just Google that. <laughs> if you are, don't touch anybody under 18 and don't let anybody under 18 touch you. And that's like. Well, you you can definitely get a massage under 18, by the way. Like, really? With parent, parental permission. I, I have had multiple massages. I mean, I can see it for like sports therapy you. type stuff. That makes sense to me that you would be able to get a massage. But like, I don't think a 17 year old or 16 year old or 15 year old should be able to do the massaging on adults yeah that, that's more <laughs> my con- concern i definitely had massages when i was young but a your parents have to give permission that makes sense uh, also do you is it makes it better okay when like there's a ghost of an adult watching you <laughs> oh i mean i ask for that but it costs extra <laughs> but all this to say i don't know if you can legally massage people if you're under 18 which means that if you were 18 to become a licensed masseuse, it might take you until you were 19 or 20 to do it. Either way, it's a made-up character. I think she's more working with her mouth than her hands anyways. His sister's just being like an idiot, so he's just being an idiot back. I sort of got it. Yeah. But he basically says in this scene that he's not going to get married again, and like he found his person and she's gone, so I'm out. Yeah. Is kind of where he lands. He's like, where am I going to find another woman who treats me so poorly? spoiler anywhere so if you look at pictures of eva longoria now she actually looks better than she did in this movie this movie makes her look old and part of the reason it does is because whoever did her hair hated her highlighted it in such a tone (laughs) that it it blends with Mm -hmm. her skin Mm -hmm. tone i agree and the texture is really really bad like they did not condition her properly or something because it's crispy. Her hair is crispy in this movie and it's not good. And so it all comes together to make her look kind of overdone in a way that makes her look older. Yeah. It brings out fine lines and stuff in her face and it's just not the most flattering look for her. And I don't know why they didn't just let her be gorgeous Eva Longoria. Like, she's a beautiful woman. We know yeah. what she looks like. And this movie really targeted a very specific look that, honestly, it's almost like they tried to make her look like Jennifer Lopez. I wonder if they, like, tried to get Jennifer Lopez or they had her and she backed out or something like that. Something. I don't know. I couldn't find that in Fun Facts. But she's literally dressed and done up like Jennifer Lopez, as opposed to just looking like Eva Longoria, who is gorgeous. Yeah. So it, it's very strange the way they have done her up. Anyway, Chloe wants Henry to talk to Ashley again. Henry's not really on board. So Chloe goes to Ashley and gives her Kate's diary 
because she stole it from Henry's house because she's just like doing all kinds of B and E's. <laughs> and she's like, hey, I need you to run into him and tell him that you got a message just because he'd be better off if he could move on and he's not moving on. So we cut to the grocery store. She runs into him where he's buying what look like otter pops. <laughs> I like otter pops. I mean, they are otter pops. Yeah. Yeah. Otter Pops. I know they're called other things in different parts of the country because this was like a whole cult podcast thing one time in the cult podcast group. Otter Pops, Freezer Pops. I've heard of Icy Pops. Like, I I remember that conversation because I was in that conversation. But yeah, but it depends on, it's a regional thing. So it depends on where you were. So he's buying Otter Pops. She's buying fresh vegetables and basically is like, hey, if you're in the neighborhood sometime, stop by. I'll cook you a real meal. And then she drops something in the grocery store. And when he helps her pick it up, she is like, it's almost like she has a flash of a vision and is like, it was raining when you met her. It was nighttime. You tried to steal her cab and you like rode together, even though you went in op- opposite directions. And then she stiffed the cab. So you had to pay for it. It's this whole thing. But she like knows details that no one else could have. Known. Which again makes Eva Longoria's character seem bad. Hang on one second. Yeah. Lake Bell was reading Eva Longoria's diary, right? Yeah. So in Eva Longoria's diary, she wrote, I stole this asshat's cab and then stiffed him with the $80 cab fare. Yep. Like, she is writing her own villainous story. Nothing <laughs> Eva Longoria does she perceives as evil. Right. She's the definition of, like, a villain who does not realize they are the villain. I have a hot take. Sure. If you are with someone who has a pink diary, 70% of the times they're going to be bad. They're going to be bad people. Because it looks like a child's diary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she is clearly a woman in her 30s. That is questionable. I mean, I'm just going to, it's a hot take. If you're out there and you have your pink furry journal, journal on, but people who date you should beware. Like what you're going to like. People going to like pink furry journals. That's fine. I just thought it was an interesting choice to have this like very put together woman and they're like, here's her diary. And I'm like, that's an eight year old. What are you doing? Look, she wrote a smiley face when the day she met you. Oh God. She puts hearts over all the eyes. We cut to... <laughs> Henry and Ashley have now gone out for food and they're talking about like he's a vet and she had cats but can't have any pets in her building right now. And he's like, ah, cat women. And she's just like, (laughs) what about us? And he's like, you are insane across the board, which is wild offensive. But as a cat person, I get it. I want to point out that later in this movie, he dates or goes on a date. Or the beginning of a date, like the walking to the restaurant part of the date with a woman and he makes a similar joke and he goes, oh, do you have cats? And she's like, four. So like, that's like the movie being like, she has a lot of cats. I have one more cats than she did. I have five cats. Yeah, you have two cats less than a sled team. Dude. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't uh, know what you're doing. And two dogs. You know, you're a fine line between being a pet lover and an animal hoarder. It's definitely the latter. Yeah, I'm, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about you personally, but like if you meet someone and they have four cats and they're like single, like what if they have five cats and two dogs and they're single? Troubling. Man, I have so many jokes I want to make that are mean, and I'm not gonna do it because I'm. I mean, <laughs> if they're not taking you out on their their bobsled run by those animals yeah. within the first couple dates, I'd be. If worried. you're if the girl you're on a date with has five cats and two dogs and other stuff, they better well own a petting zoo. I mean, it is sort of like a petting zoo here. 
or a fur coat factory. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's, he's like, cat women are, are insane across the board. But Ashley laughs it off. She's like, yeah, okay, all right, fine. And she tells him more things that she found from Kate's diary where they like went to New York at Christmas and he pretended to speak French and wouldn't admit that he couldn't speak French. So he orders the pancreas and then threw up, which by the way, I don't think I've ever been served pancreas and didn't love it. Anyway. <laughs> We're talking a lot about food this episode. I did not expect that. She's a caterer. She is a caterer. She's barely a caterer. This is, yeah. Well, but here's the thing. Like, if they had just been like lasagna, we wouldn't be talking She's about She's a it. caterer in name <laughs> only. Oh, I have not had dinner yet. I'm so hungry. Please stop. <laughs> I would eat pancreas right now. I would give me that sweet bread. I just want to tear it, into honestly, it. Honestly, I just Googled a picture of it. It looked pretty good. <laughs> so he pays for dinner and we cut back to her apartment where she's talking with Jason Biggs and he's like, hey, you're lying to this dude and you said you didn't want to do that, but now you're stretching it out. And she just says, if you weren't gay, I'd think you were jealous. Winky blinky for later in the episode. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, just remember that in like 10 minutes. Uh, he shows up at the house for them to meet up again and notices the book on her coffee table and she's just like, yeah, I didn't actually read it, but I left it there because it makes me look smart. And it turns out he's bought her like the next book yeah, or a collection of, sh of short stories. I thought that was the sweetest moment they might share the whole time. Yeah, well, and he's easygoing about it. She's easygoing about it. They laugh it off. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. They sit down to have another reading and he basically accuses her of cold reading where it's like taking unconscious signals and interpreting them for the answers that you want and so she jokingly is like well why don't we just sit in separate rooms then and i'll yell to you like well then he uses his like i'm gonna use a flat voice yes yeah. monotone voice yeah absolutely yes but instead they decide that they're just gonna go get something to eat i think it'd be weird to date a psychic i think it would be weird to date someone who's scamming people yeah that would also that would be weird yeah i think that would be weird <laughs> <laughs> i agree mike well he here's the thing i I think it's weird either way. If you believe psychics yeah. are weird, it's weird because they know everything. If you believe they're scamming people, it's weird because they're scamming yeah, people. Yeah, like, there's, it's a no win. It's a no win. Because my ex-girlfriend could watch her masturbate. <laughs> they do end up kind of, like, sitting in his car and talking. He says that it's a place that Kate showed him. It looked like it was just, like, a park. And yeah. I assume that she went there to yell at children or something. Like, because she's a <laughs> terrible person. Or collect stray puppies for her coat. Um, <laughs> but, like, we reverse the shot and she's standing behind the car. Yes. And she just says, you're so screwed. We cut to her basically stomping down the street. And this is where she runs into Stephen Root again. Right. And this is where we find out that he, the sculptor, is dead from a drunk driving accident. And he has unfinished business. And she doesn't know what her unfinished business is. She thinks it's to protect Henry from future relationships, which makes no sense. I'm like, why would that be? I thought she just thought she had to protect her from Lake Bell, who is like a scam artist. Although we are in a world where she actually is a psychic, so that can't be right. Never mind. Yeah, yeah I, I don't it's know. True. She does see ghosts. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in this world, psychics do exist, and Lake Bell is one of them. Right. But also, in this world, Lake Bell's a redhead, and that's not true either. That's true. Now, here's the other thing. Stephen Root will find out her his unfinished business was to get Eva Longoria's character to admit that Paul Red should be happy without her. Yes. But he's never around again until she realizes that. 
So, like, how did he, quote, unquote, make that happen? Like, it's just. His unfinished business was just to be there to explain it to the audience. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> we cut to Lake Bell's house where Eva Longoria shows up as if she's a customer. But here's my problem. In the scene right before this, we saw her walk through people constantly and walk through stuff. She comes into this house and she's able to like sit on furniture, hold hands. Well, no, they don't hold hands because she's like, I have a cold. That's I don't true. want to get sick. But she does still sit down. She sits down like she's corporeal as far as we can tell. Yeah. We, they do throw keys through her later. So I was like, what are the rules for this? Is she only transparent when she wants to be? Like, what's going on here? I got the impression it was like ghost ghost where if you really think about it really hard, you can like move objects or sit in a chair I guess no ghost ghost he could sit in chairs he just couldn't touch other people right that's true so she starts to give her the reading and all of a sudden essentially it's like Kate Eva Longoria's character basically channels and gives her this like whole scary voice warning to leave Henry alone or else basically you'll never find peace again like a fucking demon it's really creepy it is really creepy and she floats yeah yeah she does levitate and then she comes back and is like, oh, I must have dozed off. Did you contact my friend? Which is like fake. But she leaves and now Ashley is freaking out, which is Lake Bell. And she's not talking to Henry or her catering partner. They're like knocking on the door. They won't let her in. And she's not answering any of his phone calls or voicemails either. And so he keeps calling her and leaving her food outside her door, almost to stalker points at this point, where he's called her like four or five days in a row every yeah. day. And it's played to be like sweet. And it's not not sweet, I guess, because he's like leaving her food and stuff. But like, slow down some. We went on three dates or like two dates or whatever. Like, Yeah. So finally, Chloe shows up her, at her place to be like, hey, why aren't you talking to my brother? Catches her while Ash is getting the mail. And as she's trying to convince her to contact Henry again, she has a picture of Kate. And Ashley sees it and is like, ooh, now I know who is after me. Yeah. Basically. Now I know what's going on. Like she knows that Kate is dead and is haunting her more or less. Right. And is being a real ghost bitch about it. And the yeah. first thing she thinks is, <laughs> well, now I can have Paul Rudd. <laughs> so she rushes upstairs and confronts Kate. And this is where she throws keys through her. Even so, like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's corporeal. Yes. No. Maybe. Who knows? This movie has no hard and fast rules. Uh, no. I mean, the, the hard and fast rule is that she's not corporeal unless she needs to sit on something. And then she very much is. Yeah. Or, well, but also... <laughs> Yeah, Mikey, you know what's up. Anyway. There are so many times every episode where Paige is like, why do I fucking do this podcast? (laughs) And that was one of them. That was one of them. (laughs) But at this point, Ashley admits that she's into Paul Rudd's character. And she's kind of like fighting with Kate about it. And this is where Kate is like, by the way, I've been spying on you. Uh, girl to girl, you're getting hippie cut back on the pasta, which I'm like, literally, there's not a stitch of fat on Lake Bell. Like, this is ridiculous. No, she's real tiny in this movie. And she found out about her hips because she watched her masturbate. Like, it's <laughs> okay. So and, like... And, says, and says it. That's not us being creepy. She says it. I don't want to get too sexual, but like, I think hips is a good area to watch when someone's 
doing that with her P word. You don't want to get too sexual, but you said I, I like that. that he says, with, with, with their P word is what he said. As the sweet and innocent one in this podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is please. your brand for sure. <laughs> yeah. Go fuck yourself with a pool noodle. Go frost yourself in your own shower. Only if a ghost watches. Guys, I'm pitching a uh, Baywatch sequel where all the cast is dead and it's called Ghost Watch. <laughs> ghost Watch has me. Uh, I would love to see a haunted house movie where like the ghosts are just haunting some like perverted weirdo who's like, "Oh, you're gonna watch me?" And then just like, <laughs> I do love when you do visual gags yeah, on podcasts. I sorry. <laughs> I also like that the, the hands started up here. <laughs> you gotta make it creepy as possible. Like, oh, you're gonna watch me, so my hand slides down my chest. Oh, mm-hmm. Double handed. Uh-huh. And you're like, let me go to the kitchen and get the vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> and the ghosts are like But she's not corporeal So it doesn't work It's just like Oh the ghosts are like I'm from the 1800s Like what is happening I do declare Oh I do I declare I do declare <laughs> He is experiencing A carrot of anal aggression <laughs> oh, oh my I do think a cucumber Was not meant for God's cavern <laughs> By stars and by nights, I do believe this turnip has ended up in places unexplored before. Dear apothecary, it was a a million to one shot. (laughs) Oh, my dearest doctor, I do believe that I slipped and fell onto this fruit of the new world called the pineapple. (laughs) If you could kindly remove its from my rectum, I'd appreciate it most kindly. <laughs> a carrot of anal aggression. It's <laughs> one, one of my favorite things I've ever heard. <laughs> Let's make a t-shirt. Everyone, we got to make a t-shirt. <laughs> a carrot of anal aggression shirt. Like Sherman's <laughs> fires of Atlanta. I am burning <sighs> up watching these vegetable gardens. <laughs> Okay, we gotta move on. I do love that this became like if the Ouija board confederate like general was like into some was weird like sex, writing sex play. erotica. <laughs> the Ouija confederate general is not into this, but he's haunting someone into weird stuff like, oh, do you want to meet my, what are those? I have an anime pillow. No. I, I feel like it's, it's just the Ouija board spelling things out like T-H-R-O-B-B-I-N-G. <laughs> M E M B E R question mark. I, okay, it's just a Ouija board being like, please stop masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> You'll go blind. <laughs> Why do you insert what looks like a tail into your rectum? <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't pull it out like you're starting a lawnmower. <laughs> Paige, Paige just covered her mouth in disgust. I'm just picturing it. This yeah, that's how you get shit on your walls. Oh, your faces were so good. Oh my god, Paige is just nodding in agreement. I mean, so next scene. This has not been my experience, but I could see how that would happen. Anyway, so she tells Ashley that she's been sent back to Earth to protect Henry from her. Yeah, because she's the villain, apparently. Yeah. 
And Ashley's just like, okay, cool. Yeah, sure. Right. And immediately goes to the vet office and is like, I'm so sorry. I didn't respond to you, but I got your sandwich. Hi. Hello. Red dress. And she's like fully maked up out. Like she's wearing more makeup than we've ever seen her wear in this movie. Right. She's laying it on thick. Yep. B-H-I-C-C. Yeah. Yep. She comes home and her phone's ringing. It's her assistant. She picks it up. She kind of gives him the rundown of what's happening. And then she says, would you say I'm hippie? And like, we never get the answer. So I've never heard that term before. I was like, no, she doesn't seem too granola, but she is a psychic. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean... That's fair. I've heard people described as hippie and it's never been in a good connotation. Or pear-shaped. Yeah. Or uh, they got childbearing hips. Yeah, that's yeah. more common in the South. Yeah. Yes, but that's what I'm looking for. You know what that's I'm saying? played like a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Give me them wide yeah. hips. It's like, oh, Lord, you could have a lot of my brother cousins. <laughs> Oh, damn, who are you, a mom in a Pixar movie? (laughs) Damn, girl. (sighs) Don't get me going. (laughs) Mrs. Incredible. Yes, Mm. and she's flexible. (laughs) She can be any shape you want her to be. <laughs> like an, like a carrot of anal aggression. <laughs> oh I really like how much you enjoyed that. That I just pulled she literally out it. of my ass. <laughs> uh, yeah, like a carrot of, of anal, anal aggression. aggression. <laughs> anyway, so she's at the gym in the shower because she, I guess, went to work out and make sure that she wasn't getting so hippie, which is again frustrating. I don't know. I mean, she also is clearly very skinny in this, so she probably does a lot of cardio. Like, it didn't seem outlandish that she would go to the gym. What is outlandish is that she's singing in the gym shower. Yeah, you don't do that. Yeah, that's very weird. She hears a PA announcement that there's been a gas leak, so she runs out naked, but nobody else heard the announcement. And then the ghost... Uh, Eva Longoria fat shames her again and tells her to hit the Stairmaster. Yeah. Yeah. And also reveals that she, I guess because she's dead, has special Michael Winslow powers. Oh, yeah, to make noises. We'll see her do that again later, too. I mean, because she made the PA announcer voice. Well, unless that was her job before she died. (laughs) Her job before she died was just standing over people having sex going, oh, God, like... Just ruining it for them? (laughs) Or just making tons of fart noises for 30 seconds? That's the best part of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) This next scene, they're walking along the pier, and they go to eat at a hot dog stand, and he offers to take them out for seafood, and she's like, no, it's my treat, so now you get to eat a hot dog out of a cart. And she ends up spilling mustard all over his dress, her dress. (laughs) I would have probably gone with the seafood. I hate seafood, personally. Thank you. Same. I would have gone with the Italian sausage because the guy gets really upset that she calls it a hot dog for some reason. And then gets real passive aggressive with Paul Rudd. Like, are you sure you don't want some seafood? Like, whatever. Sell me your wieners, (laughs) asshat. Okay. And what planet are like scallops not better than hot dogs? This planet, planet. The planet called Earth. Now, that said, I I have made scallops. They were very good. Not what I would choose to eat. On the regular, just texture-wise, seafood textures tend to bother Same. me a lot, and the, the smell is overpowering. Yeah. Hot dogs, though, fucking love them. Oh, yeah. Don't care what's in them. Don't write me about it. I read The Jungle. It's fine. Still eating them. Don't worry about I mean, it. I haven't had a hot dog in a while, but I'd have a hot dog tonight. Yeah. Yeah. She gets mustard all over her dress. And my favorite, and this, I think this had to be improv, 
he takes his hot dog and just dips it on her dress to get mustard yeah, and yes. then eats it. Very funny. Yeah. She ends up wearing a t-shirt. We don't know where they found it, but he basically tells her, like, if anyone asks, I'm going to pretend you're a German tourist and that I don't know you. And then he plays that. Like, he pretends that that's, like, the thing. And I love that. If you're, like, with someone who can, like, yes and you into any, like, awkward situation... That is a friend for life and or romantic partner you settled down with. If you want to know how my sister and I almost stole one of those ceramic dogs from outside an Old Navy, that's how. (laughs) (laughs) And we regret not doing it. And you should. Every once in a while, we just text each other like, we could have had that ceramic dog. We could have just walked out with it. Anyway, they, they play back and forth, which is really great. But then he asks about Kate and she's like, hey, so are we out to talk about Kate or are we out? Right. Because if it's both, it's a little complicated. I really kind of need to draw a line here. And they end up kissing basically to imply like, no, we're just out. And he, as they pull back from the kiss, just goes, oh, great. I'm your client. Yeah. Meaning like, <laughs> oh, oh, no. Kissing means that we're not out. It's very fun. It is yeah. very fun. And I honestly sort of like this moment of the movie, just this very yeah. specific one, where yeah, the yeah, two yeah. romantic partners like communicate and like things seem to go well. The yeah. hot dog in this scene are the, the peak of the movie. It's all yeah. it's Agreed. all downhill from here. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Because he takes her home. She goes inside. He leaves her alone like a gentleman. He's going home for the night, whatever. Yes. And there's a knock at the door. She thinks it's him, rushes back to the door to be like, hello. But no, it's Kate. Well, she thinks it's him because we've not seen Kate be able to touch and or pick up anything. And it was a clear knock at the door. Yeah. So I guess she just made that sound with her mouth like Michael Winslow. She does because she does it again later. Yeah. So she comes in. Uh, This is also where we find out that animals can see and hear her. And she says, how can I use that against you? And we don't hear about it until the end of the movie. I honestly thought that Lake Bell was going to use it against her at the veterinary hospital. But it doesn't play out that way. Yeah. It doesn't play out that way, even though they set it up like it could. Right. I mean, she uses the parrot to talk to him later. Like, I sort of get why they set it up, and I don't hate it, but I wanted something, like, funnier at the vet hospital. Yeah, and what basically happens, this kind of ends their conversation for the night. She walks off. We cut to Ashley and Dan talking about kind of their business and what happened when she was, quote-unquote, out sick. And she admits that she's kind of going after Paul Rudd. And he's like, um, hey, uh, I feel like that's a problem. Yeah. So she basically is like, just support me. I'm going to go after this dude. So she goes to the market and asks him to bone the fish, which I know she means take the bones out, but I was just like, this movie's already weird enough. (laughs) So as she leaves to go to the market, Through the window at the end of the hallway, she sees what looks like someone jumping off the building, but it turns out that it's just Eva Longoria's character terrorizing her. Yeah. Which she should have known. Yeah. Uh, We cut to her going to see Father Mark, who's like, yeah, I recognize you from all of your absences at church. (laughs) (laughs) He's a real passive aggressive pastor. Yeah. And she's like, well, I've had an encounter with a ghost. And he's like, yeah, you dabble in the occult. So you sort of deserved it. Yeah. You've got a Ouija board. Got to expect some 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 more generals. (laughs) Some Ouija. (laughs) She basically asks if he'll come help get rid of her. And so they set up like an exorcism. They go back to her house. He's reading and she can see Kate and it looks like she's disappearing. No, she looks like she's de-rezzing from the Matrix. Yeah. So she's disappearing or de-rezzing. 
And she finally completely disappears. And Ashley's like, oh, my God, that worked. You did it. And the pastor's just like, really? All right. Like, he's like, didn't expect that, but I'm happy it happened. (laughs) And Lisa's like, well, I'll see you in church more regularly. And as soon as he leaves, Eva Longoria's back. And now she's, like, in it to win it, where she keeps her up all night telling the stories of all the pets she's ever had. And she makes doorbell and knocking sounds with her mouth. And then when Ashley goes to answer the door, she's outside the door. Yeah. So it's just her kind of tricking her into the thing. Then it's her favorite colors, numbers, everything. So at this point, she sets up a meeting where it's her and Henry and then Kate's there so she can so Henry can ask Kate questions. And she basically gets through like her favorite food, Ernie the Turtle, the Hawaiian Island. And then she fully goes off the rails and is like, yeah, she's torn between being faithful to her memory and your feelings for me. But she would want you to move on, even though Kate does not want that. So at this point, it's almost like she's up to the ante. She's asking for it. Yeah. So we cut to her catering a wedding. And she's talking to Jason Biggs and is like, hey, our next event, you're going to have to do it alone. I have to go away for a weekend with Henry. And as she's doing it, she's measuring out cups of cooking sherry or brandy. I think it might be brandy into Cherry's Jubilee. And she doubles the amount that's supposed to be in there because she loses count. Well, she loses count. And then when she asks Jason Biggs, Eva Longoria says in Jason Biggs' voice, like three when she was actually on six. Right. So she ends up almost doubling the amount of alcohol. And moves it over by the bride's table and lights it. And it's a huge flame, which it wouldn't be that big. Like, this is excessive. This this section of the movie to me is like super boring and bad. What I thought was funny is that the flames only seem to burn one side. So, like, she gets a full blast of it. But the bride who was sitting equally far away is fine. Regardless, she goes away with Henry for the weekend. And they're just going to bone it out all weekend. But this is the scene where Eva Longoria makes farting noises to make it seem like Paul Rudd is farting for like 30 seconds straight. But no one could fart that much and have it not affect like their posture. And also, this is like after Eva Longoria has been playing like pranks on her for days. And they're all auditory. She doesn't like, yeah. And she doesn't think that this could be one of them. I would have immediately been like, oh, this is Eva Longoria. It's fine. Yeah. The other thing, too, is like Paul Rudd in this scene doesn't seem to know he's farting. And I could be wrong. I feel like most people know when they're farting, except for this one time when I was working at Sir LaTave. I I was standing across a lady helping her and there was no one else around us. So it had to be her. And she just kind of looked forward, didn't clench or anything, ripped a huge fart, (laughs) never acknowledged it. And I was just like, what is happening? But like, I can't say anything. I'm at work or whatever. So I go about the rest of my day. She's still in the store walking around. And another sales associate comes up to me and is just like, I was talking to that woman and she farted and her skirt lifted up as she did it from like the force of the fart. And she was like, I don't know what to do. I didn't think that was possible, Uh, but that's the only time I've ever watched someone fart and had them just like act like it wasn't happening. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, she realizes that it's Eva Longoria making those noises, which duh. And then she gets ready, gets into her lingerie. They're going to have sex. And 
Eva Longoria is just there the whole time trying to mess with her. The one funny thing in this scene is that she's arguing with her in the bathroom and Paul Rudd overhears her and she just goes, there's potpourri. I'm like, (laughs) why would that be that exciting? Do you think that they actually had sex to completion in this scene? Absolutely. I mean, definitely. I definitely think think so, so too. I think so too. It seems like they did in the scene after. It does have that vibe that that's what happened. Yes. But I don't see how it's possible (laughs) because like Eva Longoria does ever. She's like yelling at the the whole thing. She's talking about old ex-boyfriends. She has him put on music and it's just like loud salsa music. And it's like demanding that he loudly talk dirty. She just screams, salsa makes me horny. <laughs> at which point I was like. Same girl, same. I want, I want that on a shirt. Just salsa <laughs> makes me horny. I want it. I want to wear it on vacation in Mexico. Except you don't mean the music. You mean like the Yeah, salsa. I mean the, condi- the condiment. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a just a bowl of chips and salsa that says salsa makes me horny. Someone make that shirt. We got two shirts this episode. Double shirt episode. Oh god. Oh, you would love that, wouldn't you, Layers? <laughs> <laughs> two shirts of thermal aggression. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we cut to Chloe, the sister, and Paul Rudd talking, and he's like, "By the way, I'm dating the psychic, and I totally got it in this weekend." And and she's just like, um, what? Oh, no, that's not what's supposed to happen. Freaks out. Uh, but she's like, well, OK, I'm happy for you. <laughs> and then runs away. Yeah. To Ashley's house where she's just like, um, hello. What? What happened? I gave you the diary. You lied to him. And as she's telling her, turns out Paul Rudd is standing right there. Yeah. Oh, dun, dun, no. dun. Yeah. Dun, dun. Done. Sorry, I just wanted to do that. Mikey, you're always allowed to sing on the podcast. Yeah, always. That's, you should sing more That's often. like a rule. That was not a song. I just wanted the record show. You mean like a record that would play songs? Sure. <laughs> Busted. No. Busted, Busted. Mikey. Busted. County record tax record. So we cut inside to Ashley's apartment, and she's crying with Jason Biggs' character. And he's like, hey, anyone would be lucky to have you. And then kisses her. And she's just like, what? You're my gay friend. And he's like, I'm not gay. I've been pretending to be gay for five years. At which point. Five years. (laughs) Five years of lying. Four years of shirts. Three days of haircuts. Two burn bisques. One broken (laughs) arm. He's got an earring. He does have an Well, straight guys can have earrings. Yeah, what does that mean? Back then, that was like the stereotypical, like, oh, he's gay, no, he's got was, an earring. that was like the 90s. Yeah, you're thinking this of like middle school, bro. By the way, that's how this movie treats homosexuals. That's true, that's true, that's true. This movie does believe homosexuals only exist in the 90s. Um, it's a real don't ask, don't tell type of movie. Yeah, as in you did not ask, and I, therefore I did not tell you I was not gay, and we bathed together. Oh, yeah, because they had a bubble bath. Yeah, they took a bubble bath. But what about, like, the boner? That's my question. I know. Did he tuck it? Like, what do you do? 
I don't know. Because there's maybe no... she couldn't see it under the bubbles, but then like, but they're how, touching, how do you... right? Oh, I... like are they facing each other? I needed to know. I think they're facing each other. Or is it more like an embrace? I think it's facing each other, but you know, under but I don't know. That's a big ass bathtub. Yeah. I, as a chubby woman of note in a liberal <laughs> metropolis, have have had mostly gay friends, and I have never bathed with any of them. That's strange. No matter wow, what. Wow, you're such a prude. Yeah. Yeah, I bet your carrots have never experienced an anal aggression. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Uh, but essentially, he he loved her and had been pretending to be her gay friend to try and get with her, which is... It's so bonkers, man. Like, I it's hated nuts. this so much. Here's the thing. I didn't like him as a gay character because I felt like they gave him no actual character traits and he wasn't a two-dimensional character. And then when this happened, I was like, oh, so he's worse yeah. somehow. Yeah. I, they like one-up themselves in a way that I thought was impossible. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> brutal. So we cut to Chloe who showed up at the vet clinic with a cat that she's claiming to have adopted just to get her brother to talk to her. The story of this cat, like this cat gets more of a story arc than Jason Biggs' entire character. <laughs> Absolutely. In this one scene. <laughs> Absolutely. At, at which point we find out that she stole her neighbor's cat yeah. as a decoy. As and you do. No, you don't. You're right. I'm kidding. No, but we cut to Ashley coming home from the market and Henry is there and he's like, hey, there was some stuff you talked about that's not in this diary. So what's good? And she then was like, okay, so I actually did talk to her ghost, but she didn't want us together. And then I haven't seen her since. And he's like, okay, thank you. Bye. Yeah. Like they officially like fully break up at this moment. Right. So he goes home. She goes to church. He tries to lift Beatrice alone and like he's going to throw his back out. Um, <laughs> She's not that heavy. She's a sweet little girl. She's pretty heavy. <laughs> she got some thick biscuits and I would love to hug him. She got them juicy biscuits. She's so cute. <laughs> She's not ugly. But let me tell you, she'd be hard to lift up. <laughs> I don't know if she could fit in a canoe. But like she a cutie. <laughs> I mean that's God. that's why you gotta get one of those recreational swings to like yeah. move her onto the table. I am uncomfortable that we're talking about a dog, but get <laughs> I, one of them just, swings. <laughs> this is just so that people don't hurt their backs. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she gets a new assistant who seems to actually know how to cook, which is great. Yeah. Did you notice that the assistant was like coded as a lesbian? Okay. Yes. I just yes, want to make sure that that wasn't just me. But also the assistant looked very, very much like two or three different women I know who are caterers from Fair my enough. days working in cookware. And I was just like, oh, it's all of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just Melissa Etheridge and everyone yeah. else at the little Come fair. Come to my window. <laughs> cooling pies. I'm in a casserole. Oh, Come to my window. There'll be food soon. I've mm. honestly never liked a Melissa Etheridge parody more. <laughs> so they meet and date other people. And the guy that she ends up going out with is gross. Yeah, he's the worst. Like, he's terrible. But, I mean, she also ends up dating Jason Biggs. She does. That is mind-blowingly yeah, bonkers. That, that happens later. Right now, we see Paul Rudd dating that girl who has four cats. Yeah. And she does not take the comment about cat ladies being crazy well. No, neither did Natalie. <laughs> I mean, as a cat lady, I gotta agree. I've met other ones of us. Like, I'm the least crazy, and that's saying something. 
<laughs> I want to know the Civil War letter that my penis has written to me because I haven't had sex in so long. Mikey, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Dearest Mikey, what is wrong with you? Years have gone since I felt the touch of another, and I wonder if I will die alone, shriveled inside these unwashed tidy whities <laughs> And it is definitely not made better that when you get angry, you take out your aggression on me. Oh my god. I've only been able to eat saltines in the front. <laughs> Many a night I have felt the strong grip of aggression from the north. <laughs> yes, Paige. Yes. When will this brutal war come to a close? I cannot spit another. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Oh, now you want to stop. <laughs> I'm just, it's 7.30. It's, it's 9.30 here, Paige, and we're talking about jerking off Mikey. Welcome to my new podcast, Jerking off Mikey, where, <laughs> you know, we just talk about whatever. What's up, pussycat? Bigger, bigger, bigger. He said it! Oh, my God, he said it! <laughs> I said pussycat! <laughs> whoa, 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 uh-oh. What's the Civil War shaking at you, dick <laughs> 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 this part of the podcast just for the three hosts. <laughs> the last 20 minutes has been done. I know, the I whole know. night. This episode is the worst episode we've ever done for other people. My favorite episode for me and you. <laughs> yeah, this is the most <laughs> masturbatory episode we've ever had. <laughs> well, it, it is in in our defense, it's the one time we've had a movie where a ghost watched someone masturbate, and that wasn't the weirdest thing. <laughs> so during this montage, she starts reading the book he gave her and then gives up and reads a tabloid, which I thought was very funny. Uh, it was very funny, too, yeah. And Kate is actually watching him kind of be miserable. She's like, this reminds me of our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Just like old times. <laughs> we cut back to Dan waiting for her outside her apartment building, and she tries to avoid him, but he's like, I screwed up by pretending to be gay for five years. And yeah. she's just like, yeah, <laughs> you did. Yeah. And he's like, but I know you better than anyone else. Can you just give me a chance? And so she does, which is a little strange. We cut to the grocery store where Kate's still following Henry around and just watching him be miserable. And then Stephen Root shows up and she's like, he doesn't look good. I think I just want him to be happy. And then Steven Root's like, perfect, that was my mission, bye. And you're just like, what? What like, just happened? So now she decides that she has to get him and Ashley back together. So she shows up at Ashley's apartment, and Ashley's like, hey, I stayed away. I don't know what you're doing. While that conversation is going on, she's packing because Lake Bell yeah. is going to Vegas with somebody. We don't yeah, know who with Dan. yet. But she packs a shirt with the hanger on it that drove me insane. <laughs> you're, you're folding it because like okay here's the, when my dad used to travel for business he would pack shirts on hangers because then you would hang and iron them once you got to the hotel or steam them sure or steam them or whatever but that's not what lake bell is doing she has a t-shirt on a hanger yeah. and then she just <laughs> dumps it into the suitcase hanger and all yeah she like stabs <laughs> it into the suitcase it's wild. Yeah. This is also where Eva Longoria's character is like, I think I've lost weight as a ghost. I never looked this good when I was alive. And I'm like, why is this here? Who made this movie that has such a weird thing about women's bodies? It's nuts. But she tries to convince him to get back with Henry. And she's like, no, I moved on. I'm with somebody else. Yeah. 
And so she, Eva Longoria, then tries to go to Henry to try and get his attention. He can't hear her, but the bird can hear her and see her. So she's like teaching the bird to repeat what she says so that the bird can then say it to Henry. Yes. It's uh, real dumb. <laughs> it's, it's pretty dumb. I mean, it's as dumb as the rest of the movie. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. there's no argument. Yeah. Uh, so he gets a cab with the bird. They get to the airport. The, air, the bird, by the way, tells the cab driver where to go. And he's just like, cool. This isn't the weirdest fare I've had all day. <laughs> they get to the airport where... They are trying to catch them on their way to Las Vegas. They're just out of sight, kind of like the end of Wedding Singer. And he just buys a, basically the least expensive ticket ends up being like $1,300 because the bird is insulting. Yeah, because Eva Longoria yeah. is yeah. so mean. She's still a bad person. And she, ins okay. She insults she Helen. Fat she fat shames her twice where she's like, hurry up, lard ass, move those fat fingers. Yeah. And just like. Why? Like, this movie is so terrible about body image. Uh, so they buy the ticket, and then they just go through security with the bird. And I'm like, you can't just take yeah. a bird on a plane. Yeah, just let it fly to your destination, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> they rule the skies. What are we doing here, guys? <laughs> what, am I going to buy a plane ticket for a bird? <laughs> I didn't even think about that when I was watching it. That's like buying just... a submarine ticket for a dolphin or a fish. <laughs> yeah, I mean a submarine. A dolphin would make sense because they still do breathe air. Okay, well this joke is. Terrible. <laughs> anyway, so he runs through security with a bird. They run into them at the gate, and she's there with Dan, and he's just like, I thought you were gay. And he's like, I'm not gay. I've never been gay. Can everyone get on board with this? And then another guy in line was like, are you sure, though? Because are you sure? We should be friends. <laughs> he's like, I'm not gay either. But why don't we go to dinner in Vegas and talk about how not gay we are? <laughs> I honestly sort of hated this, because we get one gay character, and they're yeah. like this stereotypical, like... Like not great pred almost predatory yeah. it's not yeah. great yeah. yeah but she ends up ditching dan for henry and okay time out because he he like basically just sits there watches yeah. paul rudd confess his love and her accept and he's like just accepts like you know what i'm a really bad guy so like i deserve this yeah it's so <laughs> bizarre does your shirt say ask me about my podcast <laughs> yes it does <laughs> yes Paige. Yes, <laughs> his mom bought that T-shirt for him. Yeah, oh, isn't that, that okay, the that's cutest thing sweet. ever? That's very. Cute. I, I don't love wear it that out. you just saw that. That is so funny. <laughs> I, didn't, I can't believe I've seen that before. <laughs> I've never seen it before. <laughs> she bought it. To, she bought it for me for the Kansas City trip that I met you on. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. That's fun. So at this point, Ashley is talking for Eva Longoria's character. Where she's like, she wants us to be together and she's sorry for being such a royal bitch. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. But then Eva Longoria says, when we get to heaven, all bets are off, which is real dark. I don't think that's how heaven works. I don't think so either. Also, she wouldn't know because she's never been there and will not be there. Yeah. That's literally like you die, go to the gates of heaven, look at St. Peter and you're like. Fuck you, St. Peter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. What, you think you're too good for this? Ooh, look at me. I walked on the water for a second. Nobody cares. 
That's like a super niche biblical joke. That's I'm so very, glad you got it. That's really funny. Accurate. That is accurate. But then he lost his faith and had to swim. Hell Anyways. yeah. You gonna deny Jesus three times in 24 hours? You a bitch. Yeah. That's why you get crucified <laughs> upside down. Yep. Yeah, that's why he's outside on the gates. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so as they're leaving the airport, that other passenger in line is still hitting on Jason Biggs. Like, they just abandon him there with that guy. Yeah. And we cut to, it doesn't give us a time frame, but probably a year or so later. No, it's a year. It's a year later. It they is a year, it's later. a year later. They say one year later. Yeah. yeah. A year later, Paul Rudd and Lake Bell are getting married. And at this, at the wedding, Jason Biggs meets Chloe, his sister, and kisses her immediately and is like, I'm not gay. I just want to get that out there right now. Oh. Which, by the way, if somebody kissed me and was like, I'm not gay, I'd be like, So you're gay, right? You're 100% <laughs> gay. Like, and that's fine. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But like, you're struggling with some inner identity issues. You're he trying didn't... real hard. <laughs> yeah. He did not go 90. No. No, he went 100. They clacked teeth for sure. <laughs> yeah. So the wedding starts and Ashley's coming down the aisle. And before she gets down, she runs to the back row and is like, hey, I know this was supposed to be you. So thank you. Which is actually one of the only kind parts right. of this movie. But ti- that- time out. So then I thought she would vanish as a ghost before the year. Yeah. So I, she's watched She's been there the whole time. The whole year. Yeah. She's like picking out China and stuff. She's yes. She's in hell. She's not in heaven. <laughs> this is her hell. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, but she basically says, just make him happy or else. And then she says, can you come back and haunt me if I don't? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> and she's, like, she's like, I don't know the rules because neither does the person who wrote this. Nobody does. And I didn't and- listen. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. we reveal that she's got gardenias in her bouquet, and she just says, I love gardenias. And as far as wedding dresses go, because we always talk about them, her dress is pretty simple but very flattering on her figure. So I thought it was nice. Good job. It was Mm -hmm. a nice dress. So the wedding starts. Kate leaves, walks outside, and it's a couple minutes before she disappears. I got the impression that it was when they were officially married. She disappeared. Ah, okay, that's nice. Um, So we cut to Kate back in heaven again, and it's the same angel who's like, here to congratulate you, so if you'll just give me the orb of true light that you collected from your loved ones. And she was like, what? (laughs) And then the angel disappears. And And that's that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about it, what do you guys think? It was bad. I didn't like this movie. I did not like it. I didn't think it was redeemable in like any way. Just like Eva Longoria. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, more or less the same. I do love Paul Rudd. I do love Lake Bell. I love them in other things, though. Like, this is not a great movie. It's not even, like, so good it's bad. It's just, like, not great. No, it's just bad. It's, like, in between bad and fine, which is, like, unwatchable. Right. Because if it was just bad, you're like, holy shit, this is bad, this is great. But it's not. It's just, like, meh. All right. It's, like, regular tomato soup. Without a grilled cheese, yes. Without a grilled cheese, yeah. without crackers, without any dressings. Right. It's just, like, you, you have tomato soup. And it's not like the fancy kind, like the canned regular tomato soup of a movie. Yes, agreed. Yes. So, Paige, you have some fun facts for us? I do. Hit us with your fun facts. Paul fun Rudd, facts. Fun, fun facts. facts. <laughs> so, there's not a lot of fun facts for this movie because no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> this has to be one of the only movies that bills Eva Longoria as Eva Longoria Parker. Because That's true. they got divorced for the brief amount of time yeah. that they were married. Yeah. yeah. 
no, I do have some money fun facts, though. Oh. So within her kitchen in the Fiesta Wear section, I noticed a few different pieces that were retired. So they're like a little more rare. But most of them are in the $35 to $50 range, with the exception of there's one tiny mini green disc picture that's worth like 100 bucks. But it also doesn't match and she doesn't have a complete set. So what I suspect happens is at an estate sale, they bought just a box of Fiesta and just put it in the wall, not knowing what they had. Because it's like a collection of some colors that were only available in like the 1950s and 60s and other colors that are more modern. So I think it was just whoever's grandma had it in their house. Yeah. And and whatever pieces she had, that's what went into the cabinets. And it's all stacked in a way that she could never use it. So like, you know, when you put plates in a cabinet, you've got like plate stacks so that you can take plates off and put them back as you clean it. These are stacked like a display because they don't actually have enough pieces for her to use. It's like an oval platter, a decanter, three different salt and pepper shakers, a pitcher, and like two or three different styles of mugs, and then just a tiny stack of plates. And they're all stacked on top of each other. So if she ever wanted to get plates out, she would have to disassemble the whole thing, (laughs) which I found very funny. Let's get to her apartment. Okay. So the movie doesn't specifically say this. But I strongly suspect that this movie is set in Santa Monica, just from kind of where we see them around, the fact that they're that close to the pier, uh, and that they're that close to a smaller airport like that. I suspect it's Santa Monica, so that's what I went with. Sure. Which means that a one-bedroom apartment like hers is going to go for about $2,300 a month. Good Lord. Now, granted, that's because it's that part of town. That is a more expensive part of town. But that's also 2300 is not outlandish for a one-bedroom in, in Los Angeles. Now, she does own her own business, so it's possible that she's making more. But most likely, as a caterer, best-case scenario, she's clearing 70 k a year. Oof, yeah. And, and it's because she's a smaller caterer. She's catering small weddings. Uh, she can't afford her apartment on a single hustle. Now, if she's at the top of her game as an independent psychic, that means having a stable of regular clients that see her weekly or monthly, she could potentially clear another 40K, but she'd have to be amazing at it and a great businessman, business person. Sure. We see in this movie that she just kind of gives up on the psychic thing at a certain point. Honestly, at the beginning, she gives up on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's not making a ton of money, but in order to barely afford that apartment, she would have needed both of those hustles at the peak of what they make. Yeah, she would have. She needs to make about one hundred and ten thousand dollars a year to afford this apartment. And I'm using that based on her apartment should cost a third of her income. Now, Paul Rudd's apartment is going to be closer to three thousand to thirty five hundred based purely on location and quality of that building. Um, And given the neighborhood where he works and the fact that he has his own veterinary practice, he's likely making at least 130 to 170 K a year because he'd be Beverly Hills adjacent. Yeah. Which means that very likely he can afford his rent. So his makes sense. Hers does not. Um, The church at the end of the movie where they get married is the same church from Heather's. uh, Oh, no shit. That was kind of interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And, This movie actually had two different working titles while it was in production. One of them was How I Met My New Boyfriend's Dead Fiance or colon Ghost Bitch. Wait, I said Ghost Bitch in this episode. 
Really? I was, I was like, should I tell him now? No, I'll wait. I'll oh, save that's it. amazing. You just blew my ghost brain. Yeah, yeah. That's bonkers. Uh, that is bonkers. It's totally corn cobs. <laughs> and <laughs> now here's something else that's pretty corn cobs. Uh, this film has two different Wilhelm screams in it. So the first one is when Dan slips and falls in the kitchen. After dipping his arm in the boiling water. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a Wilhelm scream there. But then also when the dessert blows up in Ashley's face at the wedding, there's also a Wilhelm scream, but it's supposed to be her. So they both have the same scream at two different points in the movie. (laughs) And those are our fun facts. Well, thank you for the fun facts, Paige. So let's do some box office. So what do you think over her dead body cost to make in 2008? Too much. That is the correct answer. But do you want to give me some dollars? I'm going to say 12, 12 million. Oh, I'm saying 22 million. Oh, wow. Mikey, you're a little bit too high, Mikey. It was a $10 million production budget. Okay, that makes sense. And it came out on February 1st, 2008. You know, just in time for the romance. Yeah, Valentine's Day, right? So it actually came in at number 11. It did not do very well, guys. <laughs> so it was beat by. Uh, Number one that week was Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus, the Best of Both Worlds concert tour 2008, which is the second time (laughs) in a row I've had to mention that movie in an episode. It was also beat by The Eye, which was number two that week, 27 Dresses, Meet the Spartans, and Rambo. That was your top five that week. And then there were six more movies, the last of which was Over Her Dead Body. What do you think Over Her Dead Body made in its opening weekend? Two million. All right. Oh, I think less. I think one million. Okay. So it actually made $4,025,000 is what it made its opening weekend. So, I mean, honestly, the movies did well that weekend, right? But they did not do great. It only made... A few more million domestically. So it topped out at 7.5 million domestically. And internationally, it made 14 million for a total of $21.5 million. And then it made another $8.6 million in DVD and Blu ray sales. So it probably did make its budget plus marketing back, but it didn't do great in theaters. You don't really see Lake Bell in a lot more of these type of movies, which I think is sad because I think she's a great actress. But she does other stuff, though. She goes on to do things that are better. Oh, much, much better. Like the first thing I ever saw her in was How to Succeed in America. And she's great in that. Yeah. Which is actually a pretty good HBO show if you guys haven't seen it. Really, really too bad that this movie tanked Paul Rudd's career. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? It's too bad. Yeah. Do you guys think they're still together? Because I probably do. Probably. Uh, No, I don't think they're still together. Is it because she's psychic and can read his thoughts? No, I think it's because they don't really have that much in common uh, and their lifestyles are very different. That could change, I guess. Uh, I just feel like he's kind of a guy who's got all of his shit together and she is still working on it. Yeah, she's still figuring out. They are at very different places in their life, yes. Yeah, and I think it'll result in either... She moves in with him and kind of stops working on her stuff and and just kind of becomes like a cat, uh, a cat wife at home. I don't know. Or they constantly get in arguments about her not having her shit together, I think. Okay. is I think that's probably most likely what's happening. I hope these yeah. two crazy kids could figure it out. <laughs> but I do think <laughs> therapy is a good idea. 
Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, with someone who can address the fact that she thinks she's psychic. Bobby <laughs> Freud, yeah. the ghost of Freud himself. So this week, I made you guys watch Over Her Dead Body. Paige, I think it's your turn, right? Yeah, it's Paige's What turn. are you making us watch next week? You know, we've had a couple of real bonkers movies yeah. in a row. We made Mikey watch musicals. I have threatened to do this movie for a long time, and I've been kind of feeling it Ooh. because I'm seeing trailers for Witcher season two coming out. <laughs> so we're we're going to watch the first movie I ever saw Henry Cavill in, <gasps> Tristan and his Oh, own. yeah, yeah, yeah. You've talked about this. You have. Uh, yes. I can't wait. I have seen this movie, but it was so long ago, I don't really remember anything about it. I have a ridiculous story about when I saw this movie. I'm happy to tell it next week. Also, nice. I realize that it's not a good movie. Feel free to make fun of it. I'm also going to just objectify Henry Cavill the whole time. We never make fun of movies, Paige. Rude. <laughs> uh, but yeah, next week is Tristan and his old. So your homework for next week is to get mead drunk like The Witcher and watch Tristan and Azuld. And honestly, just go to YouTube and type in Henry Cavill thirst tweets and watch that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate your vigor. (laughs) Yeah, just watch it. It's amazing. And honestly, Henry Cavill, get at us if you want a guest. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Yes, I do. Well, who's you going to read this week? We're going to do Dandy Bandit, which I think is really fun. All right, so what did Dandy Bandit have to say? (laughs) Great for laughs in movie reviews, I think. I have seen about half of these movies. Okay. I still listen to the episodes for movies I haven't watched because it gives me an opportunity to say to my girlfriend, this movie is bonkers and we have to watch it. Five stars. (laughs) He walks from Colorado to Louisiana. (laughs) It's insane. Guys, watch, uh, what was that one called? A Quiet Place? (laughs) No, The Lucky One. (laughs) The Quiet Place. Oh, shit, that's a horror movie. I'm so sorry. Sorry, all these movies run together to me. I honestly have no idea what's going on. Remember when he had to walk from Colorado to Louisiana without making any sound? (laughs) They had to carry all that sand. (laughs) (laughs) But then he had this little light-up toy police car and just fucked it up for everybody. ruined it. Never put a battery in something. So if you want to have Mikey read your review, make sure to leave us a five-star text review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror virgin and that is the only other podcast that mikey and i are on but Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts black card rehab and cult podcast so guys definitely check out those because they're amazing if you want to follow us on social we are at romancing the pod show yes on instagram and we are at something else on twitter who i just have never taken the time to learn it's it's just romancing pod show because they have a character limit and it's show sho like showtime so guys check that out as well and if you want to follow us all individually Paige is at rampage wesley everywhere including tiktok except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. (laughs) Toodle pip. I wrote you for a year.
<laughs> we haven't even done that movie I know. yet. <laughs>